a series called Supernatural, and uh, we're talking about a, a part of reality, I guess you could say, that, um, you know, isn't talked about much. We're kind of jumping into just talking about the other side, the other realm, the realm of the kingdom. And so we've talked about the two kingdoms that exist. Michael dealt with that in the first message. Last week we talked about the bad guys. And so we talked about demons and the devil and all that kind of stuff. And that was fun. So I was just saying if you're awake, that was good. You're awake, that's good. Actually, I'm a little worried that all the energies in this service now and in the second service there, because I heard you guys were clapping. I'm like, oh, what if all the clappers are in here? And we're going to have a problem So later, but we'll see how it goes. So today we're talking about the good guys, so we're talking about angels. And so when you get into the supernatural, one of the things I like to deal with, and so if I, if I hit on something that you kind of believe, try not to get, feel stupid or anything. I, that's not my intent. I, I just want to correct some thinking, okay? But when you start talking about supernatural, people have some, some ideas. And when you ask people, because I have, I'm in that profession where I get to ask questions about weird things. When you ask people, where did you get that idea? They often don't know. Have you ever done that? You're like, well, I heard somewhere. And you believe it, but you don't really know what your source was, you know? And that's, I think that happens to all of us, and we all kind of fall into these, I don't know, intellectual or rational traps of some kind. And so when, you, when it comes to the supernatural, though, there's so much... Uh, information. Of course, this is one of Hollywood's favorite subjects. It makes great movies and great TV shows, or at least ones that are entertaining. And, and I just want to say about Hollywood, if I could, remember, always, never forget this, that the whole point of making movies and TV, as much as they talk about art and all those things, is actually just to sell advertising. That's really all it's about. And so they make shows that people will watch so that the main character in the movie will drink a Pepsi and you go, hey, I haven't had a Pepsi in a long time. And then you drink a Pepsi and you go like, oh, I remember why now. But anyway, no, I'm just kidding. My dad's a Pepsi guy. If you're a Pepsi guy, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to insult you. But anyway, so when, when I say angels, I'm always, when any, anytime I cover anything supernatural, I'm always like, oh, my gosh, what is going through their heads? So when I say angels, maybe someone's thinking like Cupid, fat little naked baby, bow and arrow, you know. Uh, maybe uh, somebody's thinking uh, some TV series, you know, what, Touched by an Angel, high, Highway to Heaven. What was that one, Michael Landon? When was it? That was a long time ago. Nobody would remember except people my age and older. But uh, <clears throat> There's the TV series that's on now, Supernatural. There's big movies. Uh, oh, John Travolta was in Michael. Uh, Nicolas Cage was in one that I can't even remember the name of. I mean, he's been in every movie since he was born anyway, and so there's that. And uh, City of Angels, that's what it was. And, and so there's all these ideas. Oh, and of course, don't, you can't forget It's a Wonderful Life, Angel Wings. Every time you hear a bell now, you're thinking, oh, an angel got his wings. Uh, so <laughs> all this stuff produces this, like a, a cultural, if you will, consciousness, and so people shape ideas based on fiction and don't even know it a lot of times. And so when we talk about this series about supernatural, we're trying to, what's really going on? What, what really are angels? What do they really do? I mean, is it, is it really a thing? I mean, because some people don't actually believe in angels. And so I just want to bring the Bible to bear. The Bible's my source, man. There are other things I read. I'm an avid reader. I love to hear other ideas and I've, I've found in my life that God speaks to even people who don't believe in him, and truth can show up in the strangest places, but 
my, the Bible's my source. It's, it's like my litmus. Like everything gets compared to that. And so what does the Bible have to say about angels? And it has a, a lot to say. And I would just recommend it as your source as well. And so a couple things about angels. One, they're a lot more impressive than you think. So the Bible says in Revelations 22, 8, 9, look at it. And this is pretty much what happens when a human being sees an angel with their natural eyes. It happens pretty much every time. I, John, am the one who heard and saw all these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. So you see, John meets an angel, and down he goes. But here's what the angel says. Don't worship me. I am a servant of God just like you and your brothers, the prophets, as well as all who obey what is written in this book, worship only God. Now that's the angel's direction, straight out of the word of God. You can trust that, okay? So, but they're impressive. If you were to see one with your natural eyes, with the eyes in your face right now, they would blow you away. You would be totally overwhelmed just by their presence, okay? And usually the first words an angel says is, don't freak. I, well, he says don't fear, but to me it's don't freak, so... They're also a lot more prevalent than you think. They're also a lot more prevalent than you think. The Bible says in Hebrews 13 too, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. And this is a reference to the story of Lot and even to uh, Samuel, Sam, Samson's mom and dad and some others. And so uh, Lot just thought he was offering refuge to strangers is how that story began. And then it turned out that they were actually angels. And so there are a lot more angels around than we realize. And you got to remember, there's always two angels to every one demon, okay? So there's a whole lot more of the good guys than the bad guys. Now, Jacob has an interesting angel story. And this was one that I, I think is important to share today, so you'll, you'll kind of see an Old Testament, New Testament con connection to Jesus, actually. So Jacob, he's running away from his brother Esau. Excuse me, my nose is running today, so if I get gross, just look down. So Jacob's running away from his brother Esau. He stops to camp out for the night, sleeps on a rock. And as he sleeps, he's dreaming, and he sees a ladder from heaven. He sees angels going up and down. Because of that vision, he names the place Bethel. It says this in Genesis 28, 12. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from earth up to heaven. And he saw the angels of God going up and down. The stairway. Now, Jesus wanted us to connect to that story. And so we find this out when he's talking to Nathaniel in John chapter 1, verse 51. It says, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, you'll all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. So, yeah, Jesus, everywhere Jesus is, he creates a Bethel moment, a potential for the angelic realm to connect with the earthly realm. Does that make sense? So when you think about angels, don't disconnect them from Jesus because the reason they're on this, in this realm is because of him. That makes sense? So again, Jesus is the most important thing ever, <laughs> and it will always be that, okay? So when you think about angels, those are some scriptures to deal with. Today's topic is meant to encourage you, to just kind of fire you up, and, and to let you know you're not alone, that, there are things, that God has, that there's another side there's a side of darkness, but there's also the side of light. This is not a, fi a fair fight. The darkness isn't, isn't overwhelming, and we're going to pull it out the last second. It's not like that at all. Th th there's this army that God has going on. And what today is about is helping you see a little bit past your, your problems. Just like Paul said, he says, our present troubles are small. Let's say the word small together. 
small. Our present troubles are small. I know they don't feel small. I get that, okay? But, but Paul said, our trouble, this is the guy who got stoned, went to jail, sunk his ship, sunk at sea, okay? Our present troubles are small, and they won't last very long. Yet, they produce for, produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. What you're going through right now is producing glory. This is a glory generator in your life. Okay? It's exciting, isn't it? So, we don't look at the troubles we can see now. What do we do, Paul? Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. We fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. Paul's advice is so different from the advice of the world in which we live, even often the messages we get in our churches. Come on, you got to be a realist. you got to live in this world. you got to have your feet firmly planted on planet Earth. And Paul says, no, 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 no. You need to live from heaven, and you need to fix your gaze on what you cannot see. Does that make sense? And so this is their instruction. This is why we need to talk about supernatural things. It's why we need to think about them. It's they need to be a real part of our lives. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. So this is about encouragement. Okay? So you ready? Okay. All right. What are angels or who are angels? So we talked about last week how God created them. So every angel is a created being. They were created angels. They are not people who are on earth, hanging out, died, and then went to heaven and became angels. That's not how things work, okay? That's not how the Bible says that things work. It is a legend. It is a, one of those things that's in popular consciousness, but it's not real. So what are they? So here's, a few, here's three things that they are. Three things they are and three things they do. That's what we'll cover today, okay? Three things they are. So if you're taking notes, they are worshipers. Angels are worshipers. Everything created, and remember this because it includes you, every created thing was created to worship God. That's its primary task. Every created thing's primary task is to worship God, and that is angels' primary task is to worship God. The Bible says in Hebrews 1.6, when he brought his supreme son into the world, God said, let all of God's angels worship him. By God telling the angels to worship Jesus, and, and remember the angel just said to John that we read earlier, only worship God, see how God is making Jesus equal with himself. Okay? So he tells them to, to do that. In Isaiah 6, we see this incredible picture of Jesus in the throne room of heaven, surrounded by angels, and there's worship going on. Now, what, I think this is incredibly encouraging because of what we just did, what Pastor Steve just let us in, worship. Angels love worship. They show up for worship. Like what you're worshiping, they're here. They're with us. I'll prove it in just a minute. I'll give you a scriptural basis for why that they do that. In heaven, they're worshiping right now in Revelations 5, 11 through 12. You see that they're around the throne. They're worshiping Jesus Christ, worshiping the Lamb, singing to Him. They love worship when you worship. So if you want to like hang out with angels, all you got to do is worship. They love it. They're attracted to it. It's what they do. That's really powerful. It's a beautiful idea. I think that's why there's so much in the Scripture that teaches us to praise God even in the storm and even in the trials. Because our worship is so attractive to eternal beings. They, want, they participate in it. They're part of it. Wherever there's worship, there is church. Right? They're together. And so the primary thing that they do is they worship. 
And here's the verse I was alluding to earlier. This good news has been announced to you by those who preach it in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It's all so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. Right now, we have angels in the room. They're in the house. They love it when the Word of God is taught and preached and when God's people worship, and they watch it. First of all, it's a wonder to them. It blows their mind. Can you imagine? You blow angel minds. Why? Because they look at you going, how could anything like you, no offense, (laughs) be so loved by God? And they're just like, because they know how much God loves you, and it awes the angels. And so, so they're here, and they eagerly watch this happen. They watch you interact with the gospel. They watch the gospel work in your life. They, they watch as the gospel's preached and souls are saved. They watch as people worship and lives are changed. They, it's, to them, it's the best entertainment there is because it's real, progresses, and it just displays the goodness of the God that they know without a doubt is good. So, if you're taking notes, yes, angels are worshipers. That's not all they are. Okay, so I think sometimes we get these really soft ideas of what angels are, and they're not soft. They're also warriors. <coughs> angels are warriors, and that, that's exciting to me, man. Uh, last week we alluded to the story in Daniel where the angels spent three weeks fighting through the prince of Persia just to get to Daniel. There's some cool stories all throughout the Word of God. Uh, 1 Chronicles 21 tells of an angel standing over the city of Jerusalem. It's told in Samuel 2, 2 Samuel 2. An angel standing over the city of Jerusalem, getting ready to wipe it out. 70,000 are already dead. And, and David runs out, buys this threshing floor, which becomes the piece of property that the temple will actually stand on, ultimately, by the way, which I think is amazing. The places of our worst defeats often come our places of our most powerful worship, but that's another sermon for another time, but I thought you should know. And, and so David runs out, offers sacrifice, and it all stops, but everybody was terrified of this huge angel wiping out the people of, of Israel. One of my, uh, there's, there's a story in... Um, Kings, where uh, the angel wipes out 185,000 Assyrian soldiers in one night. Angels are warriors, man. They're bad. I mean, they're busy. Uh, I mean, no, they're bad. There's a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. So these ideas that kind of feminize angels, make them soft, whatever, angels are tough. They are warriors, and they fight for us. But my favorite story, um, I guess I don't get to tell you about right now. It's not in my notes, so I can't tell you about it. Man. Oh, I know. It's later. It's later. I'm sorry. My brain got jumbled. No problem. Sorry about that. So angels are warriors, okay? Then angels are messengers. Sorry. <laughs> it's going to happen. Like Steve said, rough around the edges. Or in the middle, or all the way through. <clears throat> so angels are Worshippers and their warriors and their messengers. Their messengers. So like, like the original hotmail. Okay, never mind. That's, it was an attempt. You know, there's dad jokes and preacher jokes, and they're, they're not good either way. So regarding the angels, he says he sends his angels like the winds and his servants like flames of fire. So they have messages that they bring to us from God. What kind of messages are we talking about? Well, think of Gideon. Gideon is hiding. He's threshing grain in a hole so he doesn't get caught, so the Midianites don't show, and steal, show up and steal all his food. He's a coward. 
for all on the outside, all intents and purposes, he looks like a coward. And, and who wouldn't be when you were just overrun by a foreign nation and they're taking away everything you have? And so he's just trying to feed himself and his, those he loves. But the last thing he is is mighty. No one hides from their enemies and feels mighty. But there was a message that needed to get from the lips of God to the ears of Gideon. And what was that message? The message was, you're a mighty warrior. Gideon, mighty warrior. That was the message that God had to speak to Gideon. Judges 6, 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. So that message, that truth that in the natural did not look like a truth at all, but it was true in the kingdom, in heaven. And so God sent a messenger to get that message to him. How about Mary? Yeah, that Mary, that Mary, the one at Christmas that we talk about all the time. Mary was a nobody, and she was a nobody in a sea of nobodies, okay? And, and so there's a message that Papa had to get to Mary. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You're God's favorite. That's another way to say you have found favor with God. You're God's favorite. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. So yeah, they're worshipers. So we need to really look at how we worship, because we're never, we're never, we're never worshiping alone. Amen? We need to, we need to think about the fact they're worshipers. We need to think about the fact they're warriors. We're never fighting alone. We're never in this alone. You are, you are not standing alone. You may be the only guy or only woman in your place of business, in the school you teach at, in, in the, your circle of life who's standing for God about a certain truth or anything or about the gospel. You may be the only one that looks that way. It looks that way in the natural, but in the supernatural, there are warrior angels around you. Okay? And then there are things God wants you to know. There are things in his word that he wants to put his voice to in your ear. And there are things that he will whisper to you that will agree with everything he says in his word. And so these things are going on. This is what they do. So yeah, you've got enemies out there, supernatural ones. And if you think about it, they can make you a little bit afraid or intimidate you. But you need to remember that you're, those who are for you are far more intimidating than those who are against you. Amen? All right, so that's just some stuff that they do, okay? That's our, kind of who they are. Let's talk about what they do now. What, what do they do? How are they em, employed, okay? So first, they, they give us direction. Sometimes God uses them to give us direction. I'm going to give you a couple Bible cl- uh, cases here in a minute. Any of you guys directionally challenged? Like if someone says to you, now, go north, and then when you hit, you know, Sweetwater over there, Turn east, and you'd be like, no, no, where's it in relation to Walmart? <laughs> now, I grew up in a part of country that it's, where's it in relation to that tree that got struck by lightning out on old Willie's place? That's how I know where things are. I need left or right, north, south, I get, what? Anyway, so <clears throat> those are the kind of things that we think. So we t- I kind of alluded, uh, touched on Mary just for a second. So the angel shows up, says, hey, you're highly favored. You're going to have a baby. It's going to be awesome. God's going to show up. Holy Spirit's going to come on you. You're never going to know a man. And bam, you're going to give birth to the Son of God. So that's cool until you tell your fiancé, Joseph. <clears throat> Joseph, guess what? God's going to come on me. I'm pregnant. Shazam. And Joseph's like, mm-hmm, yeah, okay, yeah, that, that's uh, going to be really awkward at the wedding. But uh, 
got to think about this. So the Bible tells us that Joseph was chewing on that very issue. He was, he was going to break up with, with Mary. He was going to call it off and, and, and kind of pull a rug over the thing and try and hush it up. And so an angel shows up. Matthew one twenty. he considered this. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So we have an angel showing up to tell Joseph what to do. So sometimes we need direction. And sometimes we go the wrong way. Right? Sometimes we make bad choices. You know, we're supposed to go north, we go south, or we're supposed to go to Walmart, we go to McDonald's. I mean, <clears throat> not that ever happened. So, um, so Balaam, the Balaam story is a pretty good case of this. I love the Balaam story. It's so applicable to so many people in our world today. Uh, <clears throat> if you know the story, you know what I'm getting at. You know, Balaam, Balaam really liked God, but he really loved money, okay? There's a lot of people who like God and love money, you know? And so that was Balaam. He was a prophet of God, or a prophet, I don't know what Balaam was, to be honest with you. He, he did hear from God. We do know that. So there was these guys coming to get Balaam to do something God did not want Balaam to do, and so um, God said, don't go. Well, he, at first he said, don't go, and, but he really wanted to go. You ever God tell you something like, don't do this, and you're like, God, I really want to do that. That was Balaam, you know. And so he thought he got his little loophole. You ever look for loopholes with God? <laughs> Isn't that stupid? But anyway, that's kind of what we do. And so he, find, he thought he found his loophole, and so he hopped on his donkey, and he started riding off singing, money, 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 money. <laughs> Becky was with me. Yeah, that's a good deal. That's right. So next morning, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey, started off with the Moabite officials. But God was angry that Balaam was going so he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way as Balaam and two servants were riding along. And Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a sword drawn in his hand. The donkey bolted off the road into a field, but Balaam beat it and turned it back onto the road. Three times uh, a donkey saved Balaam's life. Three times he got punished for it. All because God sent an angel to frustrate Balaam, to stop him from doing the thing that he chose to do that was the wrong thing to do. And Balaam is so mad that he is like almost all the way through a conversation with a donkey before he realizes, I'm talking to a donkey. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, there's some mileage you could get out of that, but we won't. How's that? So you're something going, oh, he's so mature today. No, not really. So... But anyway, God finally opens Balaam's eyes and he sees what's going on, that an angel is frustrating him. It's not the donkey that's frustrating him. Boy, there's a lot you could apply out of that, right? You're like, man, there's, there's a lot of frustrating donkeys in your life. Notice how I clean that up for church, you know? So <laughs> there's a lot of frustrating donkeys in your life. And uh, so angels can direct you, but sometimes uh, they can stop you. They can frustrate you a little bit because God loves you. Because God loves you, Right? And so he sends an angel to give you direction in your life. He can also protect you. Angels can protect us from, from danger. Uh, they, they can show up in times we need them. You've heard people talk about guardian angels. I don't know if anybody gets like a guardian angel, but there's a little bearing. In Psalms 91, it says, He will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with, your hand, with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Now, Jesus this verse specifically applies to Jesus, but of course it came along 
a long time before Jesus got here, and, and it's applicable. It applies to us as too because we're sons of God as well. So, yeah, there's, there's angels that show up in our lives to protect us. I can't tell you how many people I know who are in a car accident, and they walked away without a scratch, and the car looks like, you know, a tin can or something. You know, that happened to one of my sons. He had a terrible accident. He walked away without a scratch, but his car was, you know, garbage by the time it was done. He could put it in the back of another car and haul it off, you know, and, but it was just the goodness of God, some kind of protection in his life. <clears throat> I love the story of Peter. Here, there's a real touched by an angel story right there. <laughs> he gets arrested and he's in jail, you know, and he's supposed to be executed the next day. They had already killed James and Peter is next on the hit list. And uh, Peter is so worried about it that he's sleeping like a baby, you know. That's how you know you got, you're trusting God more than your circumstances, you know. And he's, he's in jail and he's sleeping like a baby and he dreams he thinks it's a dream. Suddenly there's a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter, and the angel struck him on the side to awaken him. <laughs> that would be awesome. When it wake up! Anyway, so quick, get up, and the chains fell off his wrists, you know. And then Peter, you know, he, he must have liked sleep because he's a little groggy. The angel told him, get dressed, put on your sandals, and he did. Put on your coat, follow me, and the angel ordered him as the angel ordered so peter dreamed all this stuff so but god god sent the angel to deliver peter i mean some guards of rome died over this and so yeah angels are sent to protect us and i can speak to that firsthand oh verse 11 i forgot peter finally came to his senses it's really true sometimes that's how it works when you're dealing with the supernatural it's it's really true the lord has sent his angel and saved me from herod and from what the jewish leaders had planned to do to me so yeah angels do protect us and uh, from danger. One of my favorite protector story is the Elisha story, though. Man, this is my favorite. I, I love how uh, there's this, this army comes out. They're going to arrest Elisha and all these kind of things. And uh, his servant goes out to get his coffee from Starbucks or something for the prophet. And he steps out the door, and there's this army at the front door. Usually, if there's an army at your front door, you've lost. You know, <laughs> normally that would be the case. But anyway, there's an army at the front door, and the servant's freaking out, as, as we would do in this prayer of Elisha. Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots and fire. I'm telling you what. I wonder how many times that's happening in our lives. I wonder how many times in the supernatural we're dealing with a situation we don't realize that there is a whole platoon or a battalion of angels surrounding us, ready to fight for us. I, I read one guy once, he suggested that God sends angels to earth, earth on missions to help us accomplish the thing God calls us to do. And, and he suggested that maybe some angels might have been here a long time waiting for us to do them. And they'd like to go back to heaven and we'd get off our duff and do something, but I don't know if that's true or not. I also have children, so I can speak to the power of angels protecting I have eight sons, so you can imagine. We, we had one broken bone and eight sons. I don't even know how that happened. And it was, it was a thumb bone. I don't even know how he broke it. <clears throat> it was Cody. And if you knew Cody, you would go, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense. But uh, one day, our son, Clay, when he was somewhere between five and seven, felt we had a tempered glass back patio door. We didn't know anything about patio doors or glass at that time in our lives. We were very young. He fell through the door, and he should have really harmed himself. There was a shard just up from the glass. He fell through, and there's this shard that should have just skewered him, but it, he got a little cut, 
In fact, I, I saw it happen, and it was almost like he was pushed back in before he went all the way through. I've always believed that God just took care of my boy that day. I just, I, you, if you'd have seen it, you would have believed it as well, because it was just not possible what happened. And, of course, I have a Cayman, and the fact that he's alive today is proof <laughs> that there are angels, because Christy and I could not do it ourselves. The, the, when, the, when all the joy of Cayman's wanderings began, when he was four, which is crazy, uh, there was one Sunday soon after that he left the church and he almost made it. Stagecoach wasn't there at the time, just directly out from the church. He was almost to the desert. And the doctors told us he, he won't go uphill, he won't go off hard paths. And I'm like, you haven't met Cayman. And so he was almost to the desert and a stranger, someone we did not know, caught him within a half a block of making it to the desert. And, and my son uh, Cass uh, was walking that way and, and found him. One Sunday, he made it all the way to the rec center and was going in the door to play in the children's area. That was his plan. Deanna Court and Tucker Court caught him at the front door. We didn't even know he was gone. I'm just, the, the guy is amazing. I, I have this theory. This is my theory. I don't, think, I don't think angels get in trouble, but if they do, they get came in duty. That's what I think. That's my opinion. I don't know if it's true or not, because I'm pretty sure his angels are tired. <laughs> so, anyway, I know his parents are. <laughs> so, anyway, so angels, they direct us and they protect us. And here's, this is a really, to me, this is, I think this will really minister to you today because of what it is. They also minister to us. And there's some Bible pictures of this that I hope that you'll take into heart as we talk about it. So, you think of, um, well, the Bible says in Hebrews 1.14, Therefore, angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who inherit salvation. So you are one of their jobs. You are one of the things that they're here to do. They're here to take care of you. God uses them to minister to you. He fills them with his presence, and they come to you, and they minister that presence to you. They, he fills them with love and power and peace and presence and all those things. And there's, there's a supernatural way in which I cannot describe in which they pour that over you. Now you're thinking, oh, I don't know if I buy that. Well, think of Jesus on two occasions. Think of the temptation of Jesus. Matthew 4, the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. Now, Jesus whipped Satan soundly in the wilderness, but he was exhausted. 40 days without eating, the, the, the supernatural battle that's happening as, as Jesus is getting breakthrough, as every son of God must have, and, and he's exhausted. And so what does God do? God sends angels, and what do they do? They minister to Jesus. What's that mean? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a powerful word in the Greek. I'm not even going to attempt to say just, we would just call it service, serving. But just think about what you would do if you were serving someone who were weak or sick. You prepare them food. You would attend to them. You would run errands for them. You would minister to them. That's the word. They came and they ministered to Jesus. He was tired. He was exhausted. He had no energy. Uh, and they ministered to him. And maybe in, there was encouragement involved in that. That's, that's one scene of angels ministering. Another scene is just before the cross. Jesus is in the garden. 
His prayer is so violent in nature that he's literally sweating blood. The capillaries in his skin are exploding and he's bleeding out his pores because of the intensity of the natural and supernatural battle. Last, last week I told you that often the natural is just the skin on the supernatural and there's something supernatural happening behind it. We see that often. And so Jesus is praying and he's sweating blood and all these kinds of things and, and he's taking on the sin of the world. He's about to be separated from his father. I think that was the greatest anxiety personally because he had never been separated from, from father. And so he's going to die as a sinner, not as a son. And so the tears and the blood, and, and the Bible says that an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. Now you're sitting there going, I know, that's Jesus. He's special. Yeah, he was special. And so are you, because you're a son or daughter of God. This is what God does for sons of God. He sends angels, he ministers to them, they take care of them. You are never alone. You have never been alone a moment of your life. You, you were never alone before you even got here. You are never alone. God's spirit lives in you, and, and God's angels are here, and they minister to you. I think one of the, the struggles that I'm seeing more is a primary, is a bigger problem than I once thought it was, is the world is just moving so fast. We don't know how to stop moving so fast. I mean, think about it. A hundred years ago in this country, or maybe 150, getting from the east part of this country to the west part of this country was a several week or maybe a few months journey. So people's understanding of time was greatly different prior to our day. People didn't, I mean, I just drove to Kentucky and Tennessee. We drove 1,400 miles in two days. That kind of thinking is foreign to any generation prior to the last century. And, and so just that idea, you know, people traveled, but not like this. And, and so you, you put that on, I mean, I was reading Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel yesterday. Ezekiel met God, and he waits seven days for the message. So he's in prayer, waiting for God for seven days. I mean, we can't wait, no insult intended, but the truth is our attention spans are so shortened that seven minutes seems like an eternity to us. I mean, how many of you sit down and said, I'm going to pray, I am going to pray, and you sit down and pray, and all of a sudden your mind starts wandering because, you know, that is part of prayer. Might I just set you free for a minute? Part of prayer is God letting that mind of yours wander out so he can rescue it. <laughs> you can realize my brain is too small to be out on its own, but anyway... Uh, and that's just part of prayer. And, and you started to pray, and you're like, maybe you had a goal. I mean, sometimes we like to put laws on ourselves. You know, I'm going to pray for whatever, half an hour, 30 minutes, whatever. And you got done, in, in three minutes it passed. You're like, oh, this is hard. Our scope of time is, is greatly minimized. And we need to, de to develop this discipline that has been lost over the years, but it's just the discipline of waiting on God. Just Waiting on God. When's the last time? And I know that this is not something you can just step into and do today. I, I don't want you. If you try this, it will, because of the conditioning of our minds, it will be hard, it, almost impossible to do. But when is the last time you just sit down and said, God, I'm going to sit in my prayer chair, 
I have a very comfortable prayer chair, by the way. I think that's important, but anyway. I'm going to sit in my prayer chair, and I'm waiting right here until you show up. And just wait on God. I think if we could learn to do that, what would happen is God would do exactly for us what he did for Jesus. And there would be angels who would minister peace and patience to us. And there, you may be in a place in your life right now where you're just like, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, I can't solve these problems. And, and th this would be a great time to be still. And just say, Father, I need you to minister to me. And I know that, that old guilt kicks in. I, I don't deserve Jesus ministering to me. And I get it because it's exactly what Peter said when Jesus washed his feet. And Jesus corrected him. Do you remember that? Jesus pulled up and he washed his feet. He said, if you don't let me do this, you don't have a part in me. We need to let Father minister to us. Yes, you're going to get opportunities to minister to him. You are, and minister for him. But I think one of the reasons it's so hard for us to minister this way is because we cannot receive it this way. And that's what these angels are here to do. God will use them to pour into you. Am I saying worship them or focus on them? No, they would tell you, you don't worship us, you worship God. Am I saying you can't talk to them? Well, if one talks to you, it'd be interesting to talk back, wouldn't it? Like, people are like, well, people think I'm crazy. Who says you aren't? Who cares? Uh, you're like, well, Michael, you didn't really answer my question. Exactly, exactly. So in this series, we have painted a world that's very violent, very dark in nature. We've presented angels and, and demons and all these kinds of things. So we've, we've presented this world that can be frightening, a world that's at war. And you've heard me say that many times. You live in a world at war. This isn't peacetime with a few inconveniences. This is a war going on, and there are casualties all around you. Okay? So that's a terrifying idea. And you have had really difficult things happen in your life. Things have happened in, in your heart and mind that have hurt, that have wounded you, that have made you afraid to care for people, to minister to people, to serve people. So all these things are going on. I'm not arguing against any of that. There are bad guys. We talked about them last week, and we, we gave great encouragement as to how they're dealt with. And we know they're there. They show up in our stories, in our myths. Every movie that you really love, you, it probably has, it's probably because they have a stellar vic, uh, villain in the movie. So there's this amazing villain in our story. So it's easy to let that discourage you and make you afraid. And so today's about, hey, there are good guys. There are these angelic beings, these eternal creatures that God has created and they are for you. They are stronger and smarter than your enemy. They are not corrupted like your enemy is corrupted. They are pure and they're holy. And God sent them to care for you, to minister for you, to, get, to send his heart and his intent towards you and to fight for you. No, we don't worship them and we don't honor them. That's not even their desire. But at the same time, we can be encouraged. I'm not alone. In this moment, I think aloneness is such a severe problem because there's this place in us that nobody else can get to, but your Father knows that place, and He sends these entities, beings, to come and minister to that place. And so, yeah, it, it's, it can be scary, but don't be scared. 
Because there's someone on your side. Someone who fights for you. Now, that's the good guys. Now, this series has four sermons. And I'll be honest with you, the first three are telling you what's going on in the world. I can't wait till next week. Because next week we're talking about this power that's in you. This heaven meeting earth, and you're the conduit for it. And so, yeah, there's a war going on. But you're not alone. And God's ministering to you. And next week we're going to talk about some exciting possibilities. Let's pray. Worship team. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share this story of eternity, of heaven, of your goodness. I ask you, Lord, to encourage this body today, to breathe on it, to fill it with joy and peace, to minister to it. Lord, it's your body. And I pray, Lord, that you would just encourage and lift up. I pray that there would be such a joy in our hearts as we, you know, leave this service, as we spend our week to know that I'm not going through this alone. That my Father, he, he has sent care around me. I also pray, Lord, as weird as it may sound, I pray that your people will let you minister to them. That they will be still and know that you're God. That they will wait upon the Lord and let their strength be renewed. And now they know a little bit more as to how you renew that strength. And so I thank you. I thank you that you made this incredible creation, both in the natural. I mean, Lord, it's amazing to me how beautiful and amazing the world is, especially this part of it that I get to enjoy here in Wyoming. But it's also amazing to me that as, as beautiful and as, as, as staggering as the natural is, that behind it is this supernatural. And the natural is almost like a, a corrupted mask on this other realm that's so filled with glory and beauty. So, Lord, as we come and we sing together, help us, Lord, know we're not singing alone. We're joining the chorus of what's happening in the kingdom. In Jesus' name, let's stand together.